No, it just go. started as a side hustle. Like I was in a basement in San Francisco that was like, yo, I, I have a theory about what I think will be big and I want to make 3000 bucks a month. Never was it like, I want to make millions of dollars or I want to have a bunch of people or I, ha- I want to have a bunch of customers. How are you, Sam? Yeah. How are you today? I'm good. What are you doing? Well, I just got back from Albuquerque. I was hanging out with my family. <laughs> and then uh, I just got home and there's like back-to-back meetings before we go to the Trail of Lights tonight in Austin. I know. I Neville and Neil, I've heard all about you guys are going to have some exciting times tonight. Did, um, do, wait, you weren't working today, like a normal schedule? Uh, I actually work really best in airplanes. So I, I got up worked in the airplane, landed, and just been kind of back-to-back meetings now until 6.30. Do you enjoy having a normal schedule now? <sighs> Oof. It, um, I had some trauma, you know, by the way. Like, Silicon Valley tech worker trauma is like, my boss didn't give me a 20% raise, it was a 10% raise, and I am traumatized. Like, when I worked at Intel, all I did was meetings. And it was like, the, and I was like, this is the worst thing ever. And now I'm I'm in all I do is meetings, <laughs> but then well, you know I will say yeah. I, I will say though today I was in some meetings and I was interacting and I was like man I love you people. There's some meetings where they suck and you have to figure out how to get rid of them or change the meeting. And there's some where it's like wow we're business forward. Like there's things that are happening that are, are making shit happen in the business. So Noah, you Noah Kagan's here, founder of this company called AppSumo, which we'll talk about in a second. But you basically like you you kind of I don't know. Do you say you stepped away? You weren't like actively running the company day to day for like a couple of years. Now you're the CEO again. I so I was active for a long time. Now I'm not active. It's amazing. It's the best. I don't know. Like I don't think I have it in me to, at least not right now, to go back and do that. Do you think that you have it in you? Uh, it's hard. It's, it's for, I mean, I was not working. I oh mean, it sounds such like an ass stuff, but like I wasn't really working. I was doing podcasts, which isn't really working. And, um, I was making a lot of money and now I'm working. I actually think I'll make the least I've made this year. In Wait, the past what, what does that mean? You're making a lot of money from what? Well, Eamon. So we hired this guy to run AppSumo.com. He was running it and I was like, oh, well, let me make YouTube videos. I'll do podcasts and I'll like build SendFox and experimental stuff. And then I would get paid. And then Eamon wanted to step out and uh, to be an advisor and I stepped in and now I'm having to do all his work. I will say, and then, yeah, I think I'll make less money this year. Two things with that. One, sometimes when you criticize another, because I criticized Eamon a lot. Um, but well, I, just, like, just like you could be better. You could be better, Eamon. Why yeah, are like doing, Jewish, why are you Jewish, doing this? Yeah, yeah Jewish mother. Like Noah... Why not your your, your cousin? He, um, <laughs> so <laughs> you could have been like your brother. He's a doctor, and uh, <laughs> um, one under being in his shoes definitely makes me uh, respect him so much more. But I, uh, just a lot, just a lot. Like he's a very impressive guy. Also, he had to deal with me. But I'd say the second thing is that um, the work now is harder. It's hard, but it's much more rewarding. And so I, even, I was even writing that down in my diary this morning. I said, dear diary, hard work is rewarding. Noah, you have the weirdest. So like you talk about having a diary. <laughs> you always talk about going to therapy, which is no big deal. These, none of these, these, all these things are great, but you act like a tough guy sometimes. And then you talk about like uh, how you got to complain to your diary. You kind of shocked you know, me. I think, you know, I think of myself like a Chinese dish. I'm like sweet and sour pork, you know, like you're not really supposed to have pork as a Jew. And then sometimes it's sweet. And then sometimes you're like kind of sour. It's just like, it's a, it's a mixed bag. It's a variety. It's uh, entertaining. Hey, let's take a quick break to tell you about our sponsor. You know, finding a service solution that keeps your customers happy can feel impossible. Like trying to remember the name of that guy you literally just met at that networking event. And HubSpot Service Hub can help. So with the service solution part, at least it makes it easy. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform. With an AI-powered help desk and a chatbot to handle your frontline tickets so you could scale support and drive retention and revenue. Visit HubSpot.com slash service to learn more. You're, uh, you, since I've known you now for, I think like eight or nine years, and you've all, you're, you're, you're cagey with numbers, so I don't want to push you if you don't want to be pushed. 
Can you talk about how big you guys are now given... I mean, in your YouTube video, I think you said 100 million in revenue. Yeah, we're not going to hit it. We actually missed our goal this year. Um, it's going to be less than that. I, I, well, K- maybe KG's you said 80. Weird. You, you said oh, 80 in another video. What? I think we'll, we'll hit it. Because someone doesn't want to tell you how much they make as a cage? Um, yes. I don't think that's wrong, though. I don't like talk. I don't talk about a lot of stuff either. I say like round numbers sometimes, or I'll just say I don't want to talk about that. All right. How much did you sell the hustle for? Let's try these. Let's try KG numbers. Um, tens of millions of dollars. Uh, yeah. I mean, million, it, and then how much do you make a year now working at HubSpot? Well, I get paid. Uh, I got I get paid a whole lot of stock, but my base salary, I think, is only two hundred fifty thousand dollars, maybe only. Well, my stock is is significant. I will say this is fin- you know in all these shows nowadays and crypto people they always are like this is not financial advice. I'm going to give financial advice. I buy a lot of HubSpot stock. I think it's one of the most undervalued stocks on the market. So Dude, by the way, I- when they bought us, I think it was um they were worth 17 billion dollars or 16 billion dollars in late January around when they bought us. I think today it's 40. Hell so yeah, so, yeah okay. it's well, they, gone up a lot. So and and that's why when people ask how much we sold for, I'm like, well, we sold. We, I basically I got tens of millions in cash, and then I also got HubSpot stock, but it's already it's it's up significantly since we sold. So and I don't know like what price do you say? And who's frankly, wealthier? Yeah, sorry, I don't know, and I don't love exactly saying. What are we gonna ask? Who's wealthier? You or Sean? Oh, dude, I, I don't I don't know. I I here I'll tell you this. We did a podcast. We did a podcast recently. <laughs> And I basically said my goal was to make at least twenty million dollars by the age of thirty, and I did that. Dude, good for you. And that was the goal. But you, you know, like I, I also don't. I own assets now in the, in the in some real estate, and I own um, HubSpot stock and Airbnb stock. But like you own AppSumo, which an eighty million dollar year business. What, do you think you're worth two or three hundred million dollars? Um, I think AppSumo is worth somewhere between a quarter billion and a billion dollars. Isn't that crazy? Uh, yeah, I don't really look at that as part of my net worth. I just look at my own. It, it's interesting. We've talked about this a little bit. You like, I think there's Silicon Valley entrepreneurs that think about your valuation of a company. And then there's me and you who are normal people that are like, what's your profit? What's your revenue? All right. You're worth a million. Not like, oh, well, the multiple is this. If they say multiple, they're Silicon Valley. Well, uh, I mean, you guys would sell for if you're if you're if you think you if you said that you're going to do it in the range of eighty million in revenue. I mean, uh, I don't know how I would value that five times profits or five times that number. I guess, right? I don't know, man. It's a little, it's a little surreal. I and I don't. I'm not sure how different my life would be. My brother did ask me. He's like, if you were to sell, you know, how much would you sell for? And I was like, I don't know. Like if it was a billion, that's like, I, and I think people don't realize that. Like when Mark Zuckerberg, I worked at Facebook and I, my, remember, uh, Catherine's like, shut up talking about that, but you got to give him credit, man. He turned down a billion dollar offer at 24. Yeah. He's crazy. Like, dude, you took the first offers anyone offered you. <laughs> no, I didn't. But, but like, yeah, I was like eager. I mean, I think I say that I with think, love. I say that with love, dude. No, we, we, we had a few other ones, but it was a good one. And I knew that hubs, I, I didn't know. I was betting that HubSpot stock was a good buy. And I think that. I just like I'm not Zuck. I, I I can't imagine working, dude. He gets. Do you think his life is enjoyable? I can't imagine it's enjoyable. No. I mean, I guess dude. he enjoys it, but I I just think that that's hell to me. That's why he has to have a virtual character enjoy it more for him. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, like we we have you and I have this buddy. We remember that one time we were out to eat, and I, you could say his. I don't know. You're he's your friend, so you could tell me if you want to say his name, but he was like, Noah, you're not growing at three times a year. What the fuck? You're leaving so much on the table. And you're like, dude, I just went mountain biking like on a Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, I like did this. And then on Thursday, I did this. Um, We're going to make like 80 million in revenue this year. And I own most of it. I'm so happy. And he was criticizing you as a friend. And, uh, (laughs) and I was like, no, is he, is he crazy? Like you're, you've got it. This is perfect. This is don't change. This is perfect. It's, um, I, I don't know. I, I guess how you want to live, do you think that, I guess that changes over the years, right? And, well, what, and I think what, what's that? No, no, how you want to live. I mean, I think in your 20s, you're just like scrambling and wanting to, I know for me, I wanted to prove myself. I wanted to have status. I wanted to have it. And then as your 30s, you know, I'm still doing it. <laughs> what, um, uh, no, I'm just like, you know, you, you figure out more what really gives you fulfillment. And I think everyone's got their own stuff. I think figuring it out for yourself is, is a really tough thing. You, um, how many people work there? hundred? 
I think now we have 140. Isn't that crazy? It's yeah. Yeah, it is crazy. Do you see like it was your... just a, it was just started as a side oh sorry. Am, am I cutting you off too? No, keep going. I want to hear from no, you. No, it just Go. started as a side hustle. Like I was in a basement in San Francisco that was like, yo, I, I have a theory about what I think will be big, and I want to make three thousand bucks a month. Never was it like I want to make millions of dollars or I want to have a bunch of people or I, ha- I want to have a bunch of customers. Why three thousand a month? A thousand was for living, a thousand was for eating, and a thousand was for saving. That's funny. That's almost exactly what I did too. It was about that number. Um, did you? Well, how big do you think it was going to get? I never thought that far ahead. I mean, I, I, there's a oh, go for it. Um, I keep interrupting you. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that's all good, man. Well, like there's a uh, there's a quote I read by Paul Graham, and it was like, if you're so worried about what's going to your company's going to be in ten years, like you're never going to make sure you can take care of your customers today, and your business won't exist in ten years. So don't worry about it. And I just kind of. I guess that's how that's that's served me well. I, I think someone asked me, they're like, what did it take to become a millionaire? And I think one of the things for me was just like following the curiosity. And I was like curious about all this stuff that like that we me and you get paid for. Yeah, I mean I'm in the same boat. I think when I having a hundred and forty employees would I don't know if it would freak me out, but like I remember do, do you still look at your payroll when you pay it every two weeks? Well, so do you want to just tell you the call? I literally, that's why I was late to the podcast. Yeah. Because I'm, you know, we're, we're taking the whole team out to Costa Rica. And then we're also, we're, it was some spend for advertising. It was like $50,000. And I'm just like, yes, we make revenue. But at the end of the day, if you don't have income and you're not a funded business, you're going to go out of business. And so I think it's figuring out how do you create, you know, checks and balances. So I'm not stressing about it weekly, but there's definitely some net income issues that, are keeping me up. And then we're doing budgeting projections. And the fucked up thing with budgeting is if you budget for 100 million, 120 million, whatever, 150, and you spend on that and you don't make it, then yeah, you get kind of fucked too. I think that you and I are similar in that like when when I see the... So I'll like say, yeah, I want to... I think we can hit 100 million in revenue. And then they say, all right, well, then we have to spend $80 million. And I look at it and I'm like, Oh my God, what the hell? What is this $50,000 expense? What is this $10,000 expense? Are you crazy? We can't do this. This is ridiculous. And I get fearful. I think that's the cool thing about having a guy like Eamon where he's a little bit less attached. Uh, the, this company called NerdWallet. You know NerdWallet? Yeah. He, Tim Chen uh, gave me a little bit of money to start the hustle. And it was his idea to give me money. He was like, hey, can I give you some money to start this? And uh, I took it. And they just went public at like 3 or $4 billion in valuation. And I went to him one day. I go, Tim, we're spending $80,000 a month in expenses. We're making more than that, but like, that's crazy. He goes, man, it's just an Excel number. Like, it's just an, it's just, it's a spreadsheet. You, it has an input and an output. That's all you should care about. You shouldn't actually care that it's $80,000 a month. And I still find myself freaking out over that stuff. And so for you, let's say, I don't, I don't know. I imagine your payroll is like 10, 40, $50 million a year or something like that, or your payroll and, and marketing expenses. I would I'd flip out when I think about that because that's all basically your money. Whereas with Eamon or someone else, you could be you could be more detached. Yeah, I mean, Eamon always cared, and Eamon had, I have a lot of respect and admiration for him, and he's still very involved. Uh, I think the way that I've tried to approach it generally is two pieces. Number one, when does the red flag need to be f- triggered? So every week we have a Monday KPI sheet that they update our gross margin, they update like customers, and so there's color coding, and it's like, okay, are there red flags in any of the numbers that I need to, to call shit on? And I think that is, that obviously reduces your anxiety and it helps you make sure that you're trusting but verifying. I think the second thing around it is that how much if something is a profitable spend, how much should you spend? It depends on uh, it, it all depends on, on a lot of different stuff. But if you're spending money and you're making thirty percent profit, go all in. Uh-huh. There's no budget; it's unlimited. And I think that's part of the question with the spending for me is that where is our spending very profitable? Like, is it in marketing? Is it in development? Is it in sales? Is it in the partner success team or is there things like that that should be more like AWS where they're they're a little bit more scalable up and down and they're not as profitable so we need to be mindful of that how big do you think this business could get in like 10 or 20 years do you have do you ever think about that i'm just trying to survive to, to next year dude <laughs> i mean we you know it's funny we've had as we've grown and it's been interesting cuz i have my youtube channel which is a very small team of like 5 people and then we have absumo which is a larger thing I come back to the why, right? Like on AppSumo, it's very simple. We promote dope tools at great prices and we help people start and grow online businesses. AppSumo.com. And um, 
I think we have to come back to that because people are like, where are you going to be in five years? I'm like, probably helping people grow and start online businesses. And no, I know you're going to be doing the same thing, but like, uh, but do you revenue think that- was, I mean, we were, yeah, we, we, we went to the, the spreadsheet and we tripled numbers, Silicon Valley, double, double, triple, triple from in and out. And, uh, we became a billion dollar company revenue in like five years or something like that. Hey, let's take a quick break to tell you about our sponsor. It is a podcast that we want you to check out. It's called D2C Pod. It's hosted by Ramon Berrios and Blaine Bolas. It is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. And this is a podcast about all things direct-to-consumer, D2C. It's e-commerce stores. It's how you optimize your brand. And they're talking with founders, marketers, and the platform creators about all kinds of things that you need to know for D2C. You know, website conversion, paid ads, Facebook ads, consumer trends, email marketing, If you want to know the stories behind your favorite brands, this podcast is for you. They did an episode recently about scaling creator growth and influencer incentives. I thought it's pretty cool. So check it out. Listen to D2C Pod wherever you get your podcasts. I I think right now, uh, candidly, some of our mechanics in terms of the scalable business means as we add partners, do we get customers and does the business grow? Um, the, The, how do I say it more clearly? It's just not adding up. Like we added more partners this year. And the proportional amount of customers did not come with that. And so we have to work a little bit more on that flywheel, which is well, what we I made think a big that you must have with trends. So we had trends as our subscription service. We fucking crushed it during COVID. We crushed it. And I think now sales slow down a little bit. I think it's cyclical, but in this, the like, I bet if I had a bet, COVID was like the best times you ever had. Um, COVID, COVID was great, man. I thought it was just great in general, right? I thought it brought. There's a lot of good about COVID, just about humanity and uh, not the death part, maybe, but like the bringing people closer. I don't know, man. I've been doing the internet shit since 2004. I've never had a recession. And it's not that I have some superpower, but it's like, well, the only way to not have a recession is just keep doing things that people want. And basically, I I think one of the other key things to kind of consider is how do you have discipline when times are good so you don't have to be as disciplined when times are bad? And I think right now, candidly with AppSumo, I think we're being a little bit undisciplined with our spending and our hiring because times have been better and I'm trying to get that a little bit more tighter whether the you know the future is good or not why is your YouTube team so big five people I don't even think it's that big Mr. Beast has like like 100 people no way you think he has 100 employees at least 50 full-time at least 50 full-time if not 100 contractors yeah dude and are they what's his name the Mr. Beast Jimmy Jimmy are they all like it's because it's like the Jimmy show right so it's like whatever he wants you do do you, I think that'd be weird to have 50 employees where it's like, hey, guys, next week, I'm thinking I want to do this. The reason I would hate that is because then you've got someone like, hey, Jimmy, what if we had a Rolling Stone song in the background? No, I don't want that. Just like, let me do what I want to do, please. Just like fulfill that. It's a, So we have a head of staff. And one thing I've never one thing I hate, I hate when someone's like, hey, can you remind me about this? And I'm like, no, bitch, just write it down. I just told you. <laughs> you want me to remind you, like, do your job. But I will say, you know, becoming CEO, which I never called myself over the years until recently, and uh, is that there is times where you're like, yo, remind me. And you're like, oh my God, you're going to remind me? Her name's Anna, who's head of staff. She's phenomenal. And then with the YouTube channel, I'm like, hey, I want you to come back with more ideas. Come go pitch me 10 more ideas. Go, go. And they come back and they, I'm like, this is the best ever. And so I think it is figuring out, you know, what areas you like to play in and then being around people that you're just consistently impressed with. But having people that'll do help you figure out shit, oh my God, it's epic. Are you getting noticed on the street now? No, not a, just you, a home. Really, you don't? <laughs> it varies. In Austin, you know, it's kind of our hometown, so I think more people do it. Um, not, not actually, not as, even though the channel's gotten bigger, we doubled this year. I actually used to get noticed a lot at the gym. <laughs> the guy, hey, bro, I'm like, hey, I, I don't know. I'm always still excited when people came come and say hi. I just got. Uh, Did you get recognized? Noticed, yeah, weekly. I just this like this morning, just walking down the street, and uh, it makes me a little nervous sometimes because I'm like thinking I gotta like uh, like 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 uh, I love smoking cigars, and I'll just walk around smoking cigars, and I'm like I don't want people to see me smoking. <laughs> it makes me a little nervous. You know, don't you think it's flattering? I'm always so I always feel honored that like I feel something honored. I've worked on. Yeah, something I've worked on has impacted this person and. They're excited to to say hi to me. Like who who have you seen that you've said hi to that you're a little nervous? The other day I saw Logan Paul, and I and oh. I and I and I respect Logan Paul. And I said, "What's up?" And I just I just pounded and I go and I just pounded it while I was walking by. He's huge. Dude, Logan's huge. Was this He's here? Or? New York. When I was in, or I guess it wasn't the other day. About two or three months ago, 
I saw him and I That's and I cool. respect it. I respect what he built and he was a big old dude. And I I, I could have stopped and be like, hey, like this is what I do for a living. Your brother was on my thing and I probably we probably got friends of friends, but I was honestly kind of nervous and I just like just pounded it when I walked away. Well, you, I'm sure he'll do a Twitter thing like, hey, I want to have Logan on the show. But anyways, that's that's awesome, man. Did you see my Twitter thread about when I met the Silk Road guy? No. You didn't see that? I posted it the other day. I was looking through old Dropbox pictures and um, or go to my Instagram or something. You'll yeah. see it. And uh, I posted your. Yeah, I want you to see it. It's me with Ross Albright, the guy from Silk Road. Oh, I think I remember that story you posted about it. Yeah, I talked about it like here, but I was looking through old Dropbox pictures and I found the pictures of us together. And I originally took them down off Facebook because I was nervous, but now it's no big deal. And uh, I posted the pictures about how I met this guy named Ross at a party and we just chit chatted and he got arrested like a f- months later. And I know I recognized him and I was like, oh my God, that was Ross, the guy we hung out with at the party. How much better is your life now being rich? It, you you know that seventy thousand dollar um that seventy thousand dollar study. I've heard that. It sounds like bullshit to me. It's bullshit. It's way better. It's way better. It's significantly better. <laughs> it's significantly better. I think like I still worry about stuff. And I was just talking to my friend about this today, and I was like, why am I nervous about this and that? And I told Neville. I go Neville. Neville bought this eight hundred dollar vacuum, and I was like, I went to up to his house to borrow it. And I was like, I, I can't buy one of these. It's $800. It's too expensive. And he's like, why are you worrying about that? I'm like, I don't know. It freaks me out. I'm afraid to buy stuff. So yeah. do you have that? Yeah. Well, I think two things are interesting. One, I went to the grocery store. I was with my parent, you know, for Thanksgiving. My mom bought, we get grapes. I'm really into green grapes lately. And she's like, Noah, these are really expensive today. Let's not get them. <laughs> I'm like, Deborah, it's your birthday. I'm going to treat you. You, you get two of them. So I don't, I, I have no problems. Anything that's health related, I'll buy. I don't know. I'm, I'm still mindful of it. I think what's fascinating on the other side of it, Sam, is like, I mentioned it to you on text, but you didn't want me to talk about it, which is like crypto and NFT crap, which all these, you know, former Shopify store owners now are crypto experts, which is funny. And um, I like trade and I'll make, or I'll buy something and make like a hundred dollars or I'll lose like a thousand. And I'm like, not devastated, but. Like, Same. And then like AppSumo, like we promote partners and, you know, we'll do like a million dollars in a day and the partners make like 700,000 and our customers are happy. And I'm like, well, that's cool. You know, it's, it, it's funny. It, the things there's that, a uh, phrase. It's called a, a, a penny poor pound rich, I think. Right. Or uh, yeah. something like that. Do, do, do you, uh, we, we're talking about crypto, but you don't actually buy crypto, right? You just bought a bunch at one time and you held on oh, to. No. Well, two things. One thing I want to highlight, this is a phrase that Chad said, my business partner at appsuma.com. You like how I plug it? Um, he actually had this phrase that was great. He's like, Noah, don't confuse the anthills for the mountains. And I was like, damn, that's good. And he's like, when we're doing work at AppSumo and you know the different products we've built or you know, whatever it is, he's like, is this a macro thing or a micro thing? And let's do the macro thing. Let's get some fucking mountains, man. He's like, don't sweat this bullshit stuff. And I'm like, all right. But that, that's hard, man. Especially, I, I was telling someone recently where there's all these productivity tools and everyone's always, everyone's always like, what's the latest? Product? I'm like, you're not even doing anything. <laughs> like, don't worry about the calendar and the productivity tool. Worry about just doing important things. This is the best Which, productivity tool, the back of an envelope. That's damn. It's a good, that um, gets the job done. When oh, my you, crypto thing. Yeah, I buy, I'm a boring investor. So I think there's active income and passive income. And I try to focus on my active. So I just started buying in 2015 and I just put it on autopilot. And I just auto bought it every month for the past six years. And it's like made up a substantial. I mean, you've you've done well with it, I think, which is pretty great. I'll tell you the number on that. That I don't mind. What? Okay. I mean, you can. I don't. I have to tell you. It's fine. I, I if I had a bet, can I can I guess? <laughs> oh yeah, I'll be cagey. I would guess between one and two million. No, four million. But it's four million. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that nuts? I, well, it's always so funny because then you're like. Yesterday, I was this weekend. I was like disappointed I didn't buy CryptoPunks when my buddy was like, You should buy it, buy it, dude. But it was like $50,000. And I'm like, That's fucking crazy to buy status and imagery. And like, it's an investment. It's only investment when it goes up, it's gambling when it goes down. Well, the and, NFTs, uh, I, I think, are mostly fucking stupid. Oh, don't get me started. Dude, I just went on a deep hole. On are you stuff. on board or not? Dude, I just got scammed. I lost my, I'm like, 
I can't, I don't even know what happened for the past two weeks. I'm like, yesterday I woke up at 8 a.m. to buy apes. I just spent $1,600 on apes. What, what of the, of the 4 million in crypto, how much did you, what, what's your, what's your basis there? Um, I could pull it up. It's probably maybe about half a million or 400,000. Isn't that amazing? Isn't, isn't that crazy? Uh, yeah. Well, I think I've always just, it's interesting because I've, I've always, not always, when I started using it, I was like, oh, I can see why this is going to be big. Um, but yeah, the return on it as an investment is pretty insane. That's nuts. What else? And like, what else could do that? Like some public equity equities, uh, but you don't even angel invest, do you? I mean, angel invest could do that. It just takes forever. Yeah, it's not. I mean, I think the best investment for everyone is their own business. So if you look at it like active income, like really creating your own company has pretty much the highest multiples I can imagine. Also, you can control it if you can get something to work because most of them don't work that well. Yeah, but you got to grind sometimes. Often. I talked to this guy I was biking on Saturday and this guy named Nick, he's like, man, I got to grind. And I was like, how much do you, I was like, how much does he make? He makes, he's like 60 K. And I was like, why don't you, you know, it doesn't, I don't care. I'm not judging him how much he makes. It was like, but if you're going to grind, at least grind something that has higher upside for yourself. Cause it's, it's the same amount of work. Like he doesn't work harder than me. I don't work harder than him. I just worked on something that from a strictly financial perspective has a better opportunity. When you're working with Amen, so Amen, uh, is uh was your ceo good friend my good friend too when how often how often would you talk to him it varied like it varied probably like once a week on fridays and then one a little bit throughout the week but they actually kept me out of slack they kept me out of everything because it's kind of like a noise like my mom's a jewish mother it's like noah what's that on the screen what is that it's better to be out and uh, i think that's probably the reason he wanted to step out and this is i don't think we're airing our private stuff Wait, but, he wanted know, to I, step out because you were nagging him? Yeah, I think to some extent. I don't think anyone feels really excited. No one wakes up like excited, to, you know, unless it's some weird kink uh, to be like, hey, oh, what are you doing today? What are you doing? And I think there's probably a little bit too much of that. Do, uh, do you think that, I mean, I have, I've had people quit for that reason. I do the same thing. You and I are very similar. You know that, right? And, yeah. uh, and I did the same thing where I'm like, why are you doing this? What's going on today? What are you doing right now today? Like what actions can we take immediately to fix X, Y, and Z? And I think you need both. You need that urgency. But like if you have a good, if you have a winner, you do got to let them chill and get it done. Um, do you think that Amen? whenever I have hired people to run stuff, I always, I'm, I get, I freak out. I'm like, this guy's gonna, when he finds out that I'm like profiting off their work, like they're gonna bail. This is so unfair. And I hope they don't figure this out. Did you freak out about that? I used to have a lot of that where I never would post anything on social. Same. Like I wouldn't post any activity. I wouldn't post like my, you know, our YouTube videos were like, hell, I made my first million. Like I would never say shit about that. And eventually uh, I got to a point where I was like, well, am I helping these people do their best lives at the company? And what I, can I, am I doing my best to pay them whatever they want? So like with Eamon, I'm not going to share his numbers, but I asked him, I was like, how much do you want to make? And he said numbers and he made more than that. And so I never really felt this, I never felt guilt because that guy got more than he wanted and I got well too. But I think within the company, it's also people are free to work wherever. So it's like, how do you create an environment that people are like, yo, that guy's doing well and I'm doing well. Are you interested in any projects right now? You had SendFox. Did you shut down SendFox? Uh, no, we're still running SendFox.com. It's a MailChimp alternative. Um, think, what do you like? What, what type of projects are keeping you up? The two things that I'm, I mean, number one is AppSumo. So, you know, becoming more of a marketplace. So you buy or sell software tools, books. And then the second stuff is like all this NFT stuff is mind blowing. There's just so much. So Sam, I think like you, you kind of smirk and, you know, I, I at first, you're, I think that's what a lot of people have done with it. Same with crypto. When I was buying in 2015, people were like, I don't, I don't fully get it. But there's something just interesting. Same with when I joined Facebook. When I joined Facebook, people were like, you're going to go work at a social network? Okay. Same, you know, it it, it seems weird. But there's just a lot of these really interesting use cases that uh, I'm very tempted and I'm very excited about, right? What use cases? So some of the really interesting ones, one is called CityDAO. So basically, everyone pools their money and then they buy a city. So they bought land in Wyoming. And now if you own one of the NFTs or tokens within it, you get votes to what they're going to do with the city. That's and amazing. So I find, I find that really fascinating. Plus everything's public. So you see who's voting. You see what the votes are. There's not much hidden. There's other ones that I've liked. One's called Head Dow. It's kind of a stupid ass one. I think conceptually it's really interesting. I don't know if it's run well. Um, 
But what I like about it is it is a uh, fund where you buy their NFTs. So there's 10,000, everyone buys an NFT. And if you hold the NFTs um, and the fund goes and buys stuff and based on your NFT, you get some return for whatever the, the fund invests in. So it's kind of like a index fund of crypto and other assets. So Wait, I think the, there's just something. What's the me. city one called? City Dow. The who's a, who's organizing it? City Dow, I don't know, but it's all public for the most part. But there's just there's so much stuff like that. Like think about this: you can do housing. So like right now, housing is like Noah owns a contract, goes to the thing, and all this. It's like you can have a house that's shared by a thousand people, or like Roblox or Minecraft. And the game stuff is really interesting, where it's like there's not like. Facebook and Twitter that get everything or Roblox. It's like the creators and the consumers own the whole thing. Same with AppSumo. Like, how can we create it so the whole customer base owns AppSumo? So they're incentivized even to start doing AppSumo more. I guess it's kind of like owning a share in Amazon, but kind of on a deeper level. Are you, have you ever like paid money to be part of like a membership group, like a Tiger 21 or anything like that? Not yet. I've always, not yet. So there's this thing called, uh, what's it called? Friends with Benefits. Have you seen that? I've heard of it. What is this? And so I think the market cap is like hundreds of millions at this point. And so it was basically a, a, a Soho house online. So like cool New York young people paid either 500 or a 1000 or $2,000 to be part of an online group that held meetups. And it was like hot people and fucking young people wearing vans and Supreme and shit, like cool kid shit. And it was, uh, you know, you had to buy an NFT or a coin to join the, the, the community. And you're incentivized to make the community awesome because people could sell their membership or like give it up and it could be worth more than when they initially bought in that. And I think that's I mean, inc- interesting. There's just a lot of you. I mean, it's still so early. So what's going to like, what's going to like after the dust settles and the consolidation of all the junk. Cause I'll tell you, I jumped in. There's like all this discord Discord, you know, it's like Slack for juvenile delinquents. Dude, it's so hard to figure out. I feel so old. It's not just that. It's just hard to use. And then it's just like so spammy. Like I go in it and they're like, but anyways, there's just a lot going on in this space. And so trying to, try not to rush into anything, but just understand like, all right, I think AppSumo, we did a good job where people are like, I want to start businesses. I want tools. And it's like, how is entrepreneurship and startups and all this stuff evolving? And there's definitely something where there's so much money and there's so much speed being happening in this crypto NFT space um, that I find just, I don't know, at this current time, I'm, I'm like obsessed with. The guy or the people setting up the town in Wyoming, how are they going to mm. make a profit? How did they get paid? So there's a lot of different, dude, there's all these different, I, I fully don't understand every single one out there. Um, I'm not Balaji, but <laughs> what they do is a few different things. So one, they could keep some of the assets. So when they, so they do a few different things. When you mint the, the tokens or the NFTs to give out, you people buy into it. So when I create the baseball cards and I sell it to you, it's like one ETH each to, for you to buy. I the, the city DAO keeps all that. And then they could decide how much of that goes out to use to buy land. They could say 80% buys land or 50%. They can decide that. The second thing they do, which is really interesting, this is what's really clever about NFT stuff, is a lot of times on the secondary sales, the original owner gets a cut. You know that? Yeah, I didn't know how much though. So it varies. So you can have a thing where if I create NFTs and it's ever resold, I get 5% of all sales forever. So there's just a, there's some really interesting things. And then you can have people contribute more. Uh, there's just a lot of variations. And look, in the end of the day, people have had partnerships. So this is not brand new. I think the, the medium of exchange through crypto and all this stuff is creating new, new opportunities. You, you and Neville and a couple other friends went and hung out with Peter Thiel a few weeks ago. And you could decide what you want to publicize or not. But one thing that I think I can say is, um, I think he said this to Neville or something where he was like, you know, businesses are are neat, but they die. And he said something like, a city, any city that's ever been a somewhat major city, it's never died before. And apparently his obsession right now is on cities. Uh, and I actually invested in this one company where they're doing uh, gene editing. You know what gene editing is? Not familiar. It's like basically the, the kind of explain like I'm five version is if you get a disease and your skin like goes away or something happens to your skin and it, and it gets messed up gene editing, you can tinker with someone's genes and it will grow. They'll grow back new skin. Whereas before they probably wouldn't have um, the issue with gene editing is that it's highly regulated by the FDA. And so like the future of gene editing could be like, if you're an amputee, you can grow back a new leg. 
or or you could grow a new liver or kidney or whatever, you know, shit like that. And Peter Thiel has this city in like Bolivia, somewhere in Central or South America. And he basically is like the founder of this city. And this company that I invested in is based out of that city because there is no FDA in that city, which is like potentially horrible, but it's kind of interesting. He t- he said that he's in he's incredibly invested and interested in new cities, and uh, I think so. I think that that's cool. When I hear about all these new startup people, like Mark Laurie, the founder of Jet, he has a new city. It's, I think these new cities are actually incredibly fascinating. Yeah, I uh, I'm I'm more interested in kind of like shared home ownership. I think there's something just kind of clever, like how do I own a building? But there's a lot of people that own it, and a lot of people can use it. I think there's there's just like too many people that have too much house for just one individual. So I like the the concept of that. What did you think about meeting Peter Thiel? You know, what was it? there's a lot of interesting things about him. Um, I think when I tweeted about this at No Kagan was that his, he just uses like an iPhone seven, right? Like what, the guys. What, like, what are we on now? What I've got the new one. What is that? Yeah, number, thirteen that? Pro dot five. Whatever. And he's on a seven. Yeah, and he had like you know crappy ass New Balances. He looked like he was wearing like Mervin socks and like you know like Wrangler jeans. I got to give a fuck about it. And uh, you know, was he I really? You think he was wearing Wrangler jeans? Wrangler, just like nor- like Kmart jeans, just like normal. And uh, you know, but he also had three security guards and you know cameras, and they checked the building and all that kind of stuff. I think I, I admired that he is a thinker. And it made me appreciate, you know, I met him when I worked at Facebook and I still remember this story. He like bought into our poker game and then he had to go meet with Zuck and then he lost. And then he's like, hey, can I get my money back? And then Boz, who's now like the CTO, was like, fuck no. He asked <laughs> like, for his money guy? back? Yeah, Peter did. And I was like, I can't believe it. And then also, we would say no to the guy who's the, our only, you know, the main investor at the time. Uh, I, I think the other thing that I appreciated about how him much, besides- How much was the buy-in? Like 10 bucks. And he asked for it back? Yes, yeah, there's money back. I was like, what are you doing, dude? Like, I, I was kind of surprised he wanted it back, but then I liked that Boz was like, fuck you. He told, and he, he said that exactly like that? He said, fuck you, no. No, no, no. He just was like, no. And then the funny thing about that, I, I like busted out, uh, I don't know, maybe like 20 minutes later, and I go outside and his like half a million dollar McLaren is sitting outside. <laughs> I was like, all right, all right. What, did you tell him that? Did you remind him of, of that story when you were with him recently? No, I don't think he remembers me. Um, uh, but yeah, but, I think the second thing about him is that he's a very, I have, I'm just looking at my notes of him. I don't mind sharing. I think just like, he, he's just a deep thinker. It, it just felt like this guy's like really like him. And, and this is another, you know, him and like Keith Raboy and all these guys, they're a lot of history readers. They're like deep ass, like reading boring fucking books about 1900 history that I just won't, I'm not, won't, I just don't do. And I think that gives, that's where a lot of their advantage comes from. So Ben, who's on this podcast has this podcast that's on history and he just talks about historical figures and he does a biography on them it's incredibly fascinating and right before you came on we did a whole podcast on history and how um you could just learn you could learn you basically could just not make the mistakes that other people have made just from reading about them so it's kind of interesting uh keith or boy i don't know keith or boy other than twitter dude he comes off like such a jerk on twitter i don't know if i want to hang out with him but i definitely would want to meet uh peter teal Dude, Keith's a legend. I love me, Keith Raboy. Him, David Sachs. Oh, I don't listen to the All In Show. Um, I Have only you listen met to the Keith? Hustle. Is he is he cool? Yeah. Keith is sharp. Keith doesn't Dude, really come- respond to me. He he doesn't respond to me as much anymore because I've been trying to get him on my show, uh, on the No Kagan show. And um, but he's just fucking bright, man. Like the guy's very bright. I think he's very astute. I also like people that have a. Like, I think lately I'm more considerate. And I like when you're, he's at a level of wealth in the hundreds of millions that it's just like, fuck it. And he's like, yo, that guy's a dumbass. San Francisco's bullshit. I think this is crazy. And I, I have a lot of admiration for anyone who has a, a I like opinion. that too. I just think that you could do it. I don't think that you need to be polite all the time. I'm an asshole too. I just think that like when you are a boss and you're a winner and you maybe pick on the weak ones publicly in a, in a rude and abrupt way, it makes you look weak and soft and like a bully. And I think that... I that's how I don't like how it comes off online. But whenever I have seen interviews with him, he seems incredibly kind. Not kind, but polite. I don't know. I mean, I think I, I guess I also agree with his opinions. So I the, don't mind his, his approach. Like he's like Elizabeth Warren sucks. Miami's the best. Here's like businesses that I'm, um, you know, really bullish on. Dude, so, there's yeah, no, you like Miami? I'm more neutral to it. I haven't spent enough time there. It seems appealing. Like there's, I really wanted to go to Art Basel. Like that's on a bucket list, man, to see all the cool art and NFT and just like 
the vibe. Uh, I'm not, I, I think every city has got, every, everyone has a calling when they get into a city. Miami's never called me to live there when I visit, but it's enjoyable. Would you stay, or do you intend to stay in, in Austin for a while? Yeah. I think it's also, you. if you ever feel like stuck in life, like I was feeling a little flat and like frustrated with a lot of work shit going on and you know, I don't know. I wanted pity party. And I think to take, you know, to take a power party and you got to get the fuck out. So like I was in Albuquerque last week. I'm going to go to Cabo this weekend. I'm going to go to the Bay Area in LA in a few weeks. I think you need to get the fuck out sometimes and just change geography. So tell me about Peter Thiel. What do your notes say? I would, okay. Here's a shocker. This was shocked me. Sam, if you had five, he's probably worth like 10 billion. I was like, Peter, how much are you spending on longevity? And he's like, almost nothing. What? That's crazy. I would like, that's, Spent everything on that. I was like, dude, drop a bill. Give me a billion. I'll solve it. So he doesn't uh, spend anything on longevity? He spends very little. He's like, I do. Oh, I don't want to say I want to say some of this stuff. He does some stuff like mail things to help, but like very like I, I thought he would be like, yeah, I have scientists on staff and I have an institute and I'm like, you know, and the other thing is I was like, oh, do you have a crazy diet? And he's like, he's like, none of that really is going to move the needle dramatically. He's like, I, I eat dark chocolate. I eat chocolate cake at night. <laughs> like he was telling us how his assistant hides food from him. So he doesn't eat it when he travels. And I was like, you think the guy who's like this genius in which he is, is like hyper disciplined. He's like, no, I'm not. But he also knows he's not. So he, he accommodates. So I, I think I was just shocked that he's not doing more longevity. And we I talked I was about um, on the podcast, we talked about this guy named Brian Johnson who started Braintree. And he's like a billionaire guy now. And he's got a whole website where you can look at where he's spending millions of dollars a year on his on longevity. And you can go to his website and look at all the stuff that he's doing. And it's incredibly fascinating. And when I saw that, I'm like, this is exactly what you should do if you're if you're that wealthy. And I'm amazed that Peter Thiel doesn't do that. Yeah, that was shocking. I was shocked that he had low willpower. He talked to, you know, because you kind of you watch all these fucking videos and you listen to the podcast. It's like, I wake up at five and I have, you know, celery and I take a cold shower. He's like, nah, I like eating chocolate cake. And he's, you know, and he was drinking wine and like he eat carbs. And I was like, he's a fucking human, which made me have a lot of appreciation for him. And I, I mean, and I felt like he also was very generous, way more than I thought. He stayed and talked to us the whole time, like four hours without checking his phone, without tweeting any bullshit and was very present, which I, I really appreciated. I read this book with him and Ryan Holiday and Ryan Holiday said something really, I thought, cool about him, where he said, basically, if you ask him a question, he'll say, well, you know, some people believe this. Other people think that it's this, this, and this. Like he like looks at uh, he looks at all sides, and he doesn't actually always tell his opinion. It's an interesting thought. Um, I think one of the things he, he had a lot of phrases. Do you want to hear a few of these? Like kind of, he just had these phrases. I'm like, man, these are great phrases. Look ahead function. I thought that was good. What's that mean? Zo- uh, basically, like how are you looking when you're thinking about a decision? How are you looking ahead to what the outcome could be? And I thought that was really clever. Like how much are you thinking further ahead on things? Uh, zombification. He's like, everyone is a dumbass. There's no, everyone has like the same thoughts. He's like, I'm looking for anyone who has unique thoughts. Um, incremental versus monumental shifts. God, that's, that was a baller, really, that's a baller one. That's a really good one. Um, companies are mortal. Cities are immortal. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about that. And we, I was talking to Neville. He goes, "Yeah, Peter told me about this," and he, uh, and I was like, "Yeah, I think that's true." And I was trying to think of like a city in America that is like just gone away, and one that was at least a mediocre city. And there's nothing. Hmm. Well, I think the thing that I never thought of that he had, I was like, "Whoa, that's so interesting." Like, we think of cities as like, um, he he was trying to talk about how cities you're kind of like a shareholder of a country, and I never thought about that. He's like, you can, you know, remote work is the worst thing that can happen to cities. Did he have an opinion about that? Yeah, he thinks places like California and San Francisco are, are people can vote now with their feet, and so the ability to work remote now hurts them. Um, yeah, so and, thought, and 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 I agree with that. But doesn't he live in L.A.? Yeah, yeah. that's kind of weird, right? I I admire that. I think I get annoyed with people like I'm in Puerto Rico to save Ford Nichols, and I'm like, well, yeah, but you have to. Live. Puerto Rico is actually not horrible, but you have to live there. Yeah, there's no fucking power for two weeks if there's a hurricane. And look, there's dude. You're on the beach. There's I love Mexican food. It's got margarita. It's got a good life. But I, I, the other side of that is like, is that how much is it worth to live a suboptimal life? And I admire that he's like, fuck it. I'm in LA. I'm going to live baller, um, even whatever tax rate this is. I read that in, in that same book. What's that Ryan Holiday book? It's awesome. Do you want me to tell you or not tell you? No conspiracy or conspiracy theories or something. Yeah, that's it. 
is that what just conspiracy theory? Is that it? Conspiracy. Um, he's in that book. He said that wherever Peter Thiel goes, twenty four hours a day, he's got a black Mercedes waiting for him. Oh, that that's what was outside the car. That was outside the restaurant. Was it a black Mercedes? Yeah, yeah. He had a disco and, ball inside. It was crazy. And he and I, I think I'm almost positive he says it's running at all times. He tells them he has they have to have it running. That's really interesting. In the uh, book, I, that's what he said. Uh, he goes, he has a Mercedes form all the time, and uh, apparently he's got like some residence or something in New Zealand where uh, I think there's also a jet waiting for him, uh, like in a close vicinity wherever he's going. And he goes, just in case if anything bad happens, he could bolt to New Zealand. I think the question that I'm curious that you got me thinking about for myself or for you or for the audience is that if we had a billion dollars, how would we live differently? What do you think you'd do? You still want to do stuff, right? Like you still want to work. Like work is fun. People are like, oh, it's like, dude, sit around all day. See how that goes. It's fucking boring. It's fucking lame. Um, Not too much. I think I would just do the things I'm doing at a higher level now. I would like not worry about buying houses. I'm not sure. Dude, I don't know. The absolute stuff is hard. I don't think I would pay right away to get out of it, but I'd try to figure some something else. It's it's tough. I, I got another like year or two in it for this this role. Uh, then probably buy houses and I would just try to figure out how to adjust the work to only do the area I want. I would accumulate large amounts of land and I would create nice residents on all of them so me and my friends can just go. And like it's so rare that we can go someplace and do whatever we want. And that's exciting for me. Like, that's what we, we should do. Do we have any friends that have lots of land that we can go and shoot guns and drive motorcycles and shit and just be like 12 year olds? That's what well, I, I want to do. I, I thought what you were going to say, I was really hoping, Sam, our answers would be like, you know, I would take that billion dollars and give it out to the world. <laughs> well, would, would, I'm not giving it to the world, but I would like any, anything like, like I felt bad. Remember that Tony Shea, uh, Tony oh, Shea, the man, guy from I Zappos, fucking, you know? That's sad. It was sad. And, but when I saw that, I'm like, man, I wish it didn't go that way. But at the same time, like he would travel with an entourage. And I'm like, that is sick. As you know, the substance abuse things was bad. But wherever I went, I would just say, crew, who, who's who's coming with? And you and I have a friend, uh, this guy who started Rent Jungle or not Rent Jungle, Jungle Scout, Greg Mercer. And he bought these fancy seats to F1. And I don't know how much it costs, but I bet you this box costs fifty to one hundred thousand dollars. And he was like, um, hey, do you, want, do you want to come? And I just had cheapo tickets. And he's like, we, we took care of everything. And I was like, what? I was like, well, how much is it? I'll pay you. He goes, no, no, no. It's cool, man. It's fun. I like sharing. And he brought me. And it was awesome. And he's told me stories about how he takes people to Telluride. He just, if he's doing cool shit, he's like, hey, anyone who wants to come, come with me. And it sounds awesome. That's what I want to do. I did. I think I've told you this. I did my will like a year ago. And then it was kind of like... It was surreal. I was like, oh, I guess I'm going to maybe die one day. But then it really inspired me to, to live while I'm here and spend the money now while I'm here. So even with my brother, I'm like, do you want to kill me and get the money now? Or can I just give you some of it now? And it's just it's exciting to start thinking about how to live like you have the will and like li- live like you're dead and, and enjoy the money with friends like you're talking about. I think that's a great way to approach it. Do you are you going to have kids anytime soon? I mean, do, it feels weird making a will where you got to like give shit to your mom and your brother. Yeah, my brother has a kid, which I was like, that guy's going to get all this money? Like, that's crazy. It's not even or yours. Like, yeah. It's not even mine or it's not his. Like, it's not your kid. I mean, it just feels I know, weird that, like, I you know. love him, but you're not, it's not your your blood or your, you know. It is part, some blood, I think, genetically. Some. Uh, yeah, I think I'll have kids. I mean, I maybe I'll go to sperm bank and just donate a ton. And then each of those kids gets, like, a mill. Maybe they get, each one of them gets a crypto punk. Yeah, shit. Um... <laughs> We're going to wrap up here in a minute, but this has been a, a meandering episode. I actually think it's going to go over kind of well. I, 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 I think people are going to dig it. I, you know, I got nothing to say to that. I, I thought it's interesting. I mean, talked about a variety of subjects. And then what, what do people want out of the show? Why do you think people listen? Something to like entertain like empty calories? Frankly, business advice. So there's a few things. One, I will say I'm shocked anyone listens. But at this point, we're at... <laughs> We're at we're we're like over a million downloads a month now, um, which is crazy. So some episodes like 50, 60, 70,000 downloads, which is pretty crazy. Um, two, shockingly, people find us funny. Like that's what the comments say, which amazed me. And three, I would say Sean's really good. I think Sean's good. I think a lot of people listen for him. 
You're good too, man. You did a good follow on. I mean, I think what it is, is you're the only ones left podcasting. Like everyone gave up like a few years ago and you're like, no one told you. <laughs> so you kept going. It's been I so it, hard. It is hard, man. But I think that's, you know, you forget. My mom always says this, like you forget how hard the last lap is. And I think sometimes when you just kind of push through and you're like, oh, I guess that wasn't so hard. And the further away you get from it. Well, did, is YouTube easier, you think? <sighs> uh, it's hard. You could... You could what, define easy, right? Is the bullshit answer? Well, um, yeah, it's challenging in a in a different way. I think the intimacy of an audience is really high with podcasts. Like they're really spending a lot of time with you. YouTube, it's harder to be successful on it. I think it's harder. Eh, I don't know, harder. But there is a broader audience available for you to reach. So that's why I spend all my time. That's why I stop podcasting more or less. I still have my show, The Noah Kagan Presents, but. You know, of my content creation audience building, 95% of that's in YouTube world. The it's thing, also harder the, for people to do it. Like, the, you can't just go. It's so hard. It's so I hard. I know, it you put out forever. a video and like, well, all of it takes forever. It's just like, I think, you know, the bullshit answer is find the thing that you could work forever on. My video that I, I made my first YouTube video, I'm going to start doing one a week. It got 3,000 views, baby. Oh, which one? The drinking one? No, the, um, the real estate one about my project. How many views do I have? 4.3 views? 2.4 thousand? That's good, man. Look, dude, I didn't even remove the Descript logo at the bottom because it cost $25. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to even do this next next month. Did you edit it yourself? Yeah. Good for you. There's, there's no editing. There's just like I splice clips together. How was it for you? How was this experience doing it? It sucks. I hated it. But um, <laughs> uh, it's it's cool to see the result. Like, I understand why. It's good. You know who the best at, at? Here's the best YouTuber I think out right now. He's he's out of this world. Nick Bear. Oh, dude. Love Nick Bear. Nick Bear is the best YouTuber I've been seeing lately. The other day, he put out basically a documentary. And he's doing like one or two a week. Um, he did a documentary on the Leadville 100, this 100-mile race he did. Nick Bear is the most impressive YouTuber I've seen lately. Do you agree with Have that? Have you had him on your show? Yeah, but it was a little bit more. It was before he was really famous. Nick is just dope, man. He's just like a good dude. And like, you when you find out he like started his business at four a.m. when he was in on in, on base in Korea, you're like, damn, that like, I'm not surprised when people are successful. I'm like, oh yeah, totally. you put in the work and you stuck with it for a long period of time. That's it. Did you meet him in person? Yeah, it's awesome. It, is he just yoked? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna work out with him next month or in January. Are you, oh, but you kept up with him? Yeah, I, I think part of it is like you know I've I've said this before. It's like most of my net worth is from who I know, and so Nick, I, I got to meet him and help out, help his stuff. He helps me out. Um, but there's certain people that you see like Nick that you're just like, yeah, man, I hope you get there. And he's getting there, obviously. But there's just people you want to see succeed. I think people don't want to see me and you succeed, Sam. But they we, they just can't stop us. <laughs> Some do. Some are like, Noah, why do you say that? I want to see you succeed. But I think it's just like it's no, not I think to stop. You, you and I are, are very punchable. <laughs> That's why we do boxing. <laughs> we let other people have a chance to punch us. Let me ask you a last question. What, what, what can I learn from Nick, from you knowing him? Ooh, I would definitely have him back on the show. Um, when he was on the show, he was super, like, almost naive. Like, it felt like... like not, but that not in a bad way. Where he was like learning as we were talking to him, like he acted like he was unaware of certain things. And I'm like, dude, I know you know about this, but you're just like a sponge, and you're just trying to get me to tell you everything. So you, you know, he was just interesting. He's just felt like a student. Yeah, that's. I mean, that could be his. I don't know if he's trying to be strategic about that. I think that's interesting. Um, I don't know. I, I guess with Nick, I'm impressed his involvement from like someone who was a Marine or I think he was a Ranger to a business operator. Also, he's kind of in a, in a to some extent, commoditized space, right? Yeah, like the sugar protein. powder. Yeah. The powder that get, everyone gets from the same place, but you put a different sticker on it. I think I've been impressed specifically with Nick, how he evolved from like, uh, you know, I'll be straight, like a meathead jock lifter to like one, a, a content creator, at like an elite level from the storytelling. And I think it's just his physical fitness and, and a, is really well-rounded. So well-rounded, man. Who on earth can weigh 195 pounds and, you know, squat 500 pounds and run a three-hour marathon? It's so interesting. There's a, lot uh, of, there's a lot of good YouTubers out there, man. It's just unbelievable how much great content is being created. Who do you like? We'll wrap up with that. Who do you like? Uh, let's look at my homepage. So, obviously, Noah Kagan. Colin and Samir are studs. I, I love Colin and Samir. Oh, dude, you know who's the best? Andrew Callahan, Channel 5. He was the all-gas, no-breaks. Wait, what? 
Oh, he's dude. Watch the Chet Baker. So channel five with Andrew Callahan. Uh, watch the um, watch the pickup artist boot camp or Chet. Oh, yeah. This guy, he used to be part of like a business that he bailed on. He was, I think, for Vice or something like that. All gas, no brakes. Yeah. Yeah. He's sick. Colin and Samir are sick on, on just specifically on creators. Um, I like watch, dude, my weird freaky fetish lately is just, I love watching like outdoor survival. Same. Which ones? Uh, who's the guy in Ohio? Dave Canterbury. So I watched Dave Canterbury. I'm just writing all these down. Dave Canterbury. Yeah. Dave Canterbury. Architectural Digest is gangster. I love seeing like celebrity homes. Same. Do you like primitive technologies? Uh, I think I've seen them. I think I'm pretty aggressive on unsubscribing. For some reason, I unsubscribe from them. Let me see primitives. Dude, I'm looking at Dave Canterbury. He looks amazing. This is exactly how I want my guys to look. Well, have you watched the show Alone? No. Oh, oh, like, on, oh on Hulu? Yes. Where they're Dude, out, like, Hulu. Have you yes. met the like the with the guy that looks like uh like he like he's wearing like bear skin around? He looks like a Native American, the white dude, but he's like I actually don't know where he is. And there's another there's guy who was seasons. in the caves of Missouri. Uh there's a bunch of weird ass people in there, but dude, it's epic. So I, I definitely would recommend Alone. So I like all the survival stuff from that. I watch a lot of, dude, this is the weirdest one. I watch a lot of squash videos. I probably watch like, like it's on right now. Ugh, watch this. While you're talking to me, Sam, I have it on in the background. Like hydraulic hydraulic press? No, squash, like the game, like the British game. Why are you watching that? I just leave it on. It's just like white noise I put on the background. So I watch a lot of that on YouTube. That's kind of a lot of that's the main things like outdoor survival, architecture, of course, Neville. And uh, yeah, that's about it. All right. Well, Ben, what do we oh, think? What other Wait, books? What are you, you going to say? Well, I, I, I'll tell you some. I'll tell you another good book I read, man. I'll tell a weird one that people. Dude, have. Dude, I've been Not, reading all crime books. So ooh, like, st- like, st- like a real murder mystery. Well, yeah, I like that. But like, I just like one on 9-11. Um, another What's one. The favorite what? book this year favorite book this year okay you're gonna like this one because you do this it's called travels with charlie in search of america john steinbeck wrote it in 1930 and john steinbeck you know famous author and he was like you know i live in cape cod and i'm rich now i'm in my 60s i've been writing writing about middle america for the past 50 years and i'm so out of touch right now and he just drives his uh pickup truck around america and just talks to people and writes about it and it's amazing. Do you know who Lieutenant Dan is in um, Forrest Gump? Yeah, yeah. He he's the narrator of the audiobook. <sighs> so I, that that's a good one. And then Empire of the Summer Moon. You'd like that one. It's about oh, I heard Com- that one. What's the this? Comanche Indians? Um, and they're they're just nutty. Like the Texans were evil, and the Indians were evil to each other. Uh, the Indians and the uh, 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 Texans were just like it's about how they just destroyed each other. And then finally, the operator, which is basically the guy who killed Bin Laden, and he like tells the story of finding Bin Laden, and that was is really it good? good too. Some of these military books were kind of weak. Not no, that, man, that one was pretty spectacular. Good? Yeah, I mean, he talks right. about like finding. He he, he goes in depth about hunting down bin laden and and shooting him in the head like it's intense all right a few questions here one do you get books from the library at all no but either you or neville have been bragging about how amazing it is Dude, i'm a huge library guy there's a chrome extension called library uh it's called library extension that'll show you if you can get digital or audiobooks for free and it shows you when you go to amazon so you just put in austin library it's, dude i use it all the time how do they make um, money i just donate it. i don't know how they actually make money Okay. Uh, but installed. I bookmark. Thank you for those books, dude. Yeah. Library extension. You just add the Austin library. Uh, one book I read recently, dude, that is so good. I think you really enjoy it. It's called free country. It's two guys in Europe who backpack, who, who try to go from the bottom of UK to the top of UK biking. And they just start in their underwear. That's all they start with. Huh? Is it amazing? Wow. What? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they start at the bottom of the UK in their underwear. That's it. And they have to get to the top of UK on bike. In three Is weeks. It, it's really good. It got like crazy good reviews. Audiobook it's, or download? Or audiobook, audiobook or normal? I think the audiobook is good, dude. All right. I think I got it at the library for free. Oh, and it's on Kindle Unlimited. It's free on Kindle. Dude, hell yeah. All right. I'm, I'm going to do that. Any other ones? Uh, that one was awesome. I really enjoyed that. I didn't know if you wanted more. Let's yeah. See. Dude, we're reading the same travel stuff. So I'll give you another one then. Um Ooh. Little Golden America in the 1930s 
two Russian journalists from the USSR were, were welcomed into America and they just traveled Ooh. for uh, four months or all over America. And they're like, you know, it's pretty crazy in America. And they just like you just explain from their perspective what America is about. They're like, in America, everyone's so optimistic. For example, oh, we met these guys. It's cool. It's and good. it's no one knows about it in America, but it's one of the most popular books in Russia. In Russia, you book read you. Uh, <laughs> uh, what else? Oh, there's some other good ones. Did you read about the... Dude, you know Ryan Holiday's book list is really good? Uh, his email list? His email list. He just recommends books. It's I like don't know how his, he could... He consumes so much. He's it's like, like audiobook speed. It, it's like ten a month. How, it, he, there's no way he he does an audiobook. I, no, I think he reads. He's probably like it has to be paper, and if it's not this like certain density of organic paper, I won't read it. He once said, "If you're not taking notes, then you're not reading effectively." I think that's true. Yeah, but that's like a. I mean, I'm not going to take notes on like killing up Bin Laden. I don't take, but most of the books on Kindle or physical, I either highlight and then I'll reread them. Yeah, but dude, if I'm just listening to like. Uh, a book like about these guys walking around their underwear trying to like get from place to place i'm not gonna like you know or like fight club i'm not gonna like write notes any other ones um dude trevor noah's book i was like "Ah, i don't care about that guy everyone talks about that book it's it's just a really well-written book it's that good well it's like david goggins book i'm like all right david you're gonna yell at me you're really hardcore i get it you could do push-ups or pull-ups that's great his book if you haven't read David's, like everyone talked about, it. it's honestly a phenomenal one. It's very well written, and two, it's just a great story. It's just a the phenomenal- audio book is cool too. Yeah, him, the Wright brothers. I got that. Do you oh, read I Wright read that brothers? one recently. Amazing. That was awesome. I drove to Three- Dayton, Ohio, uh, after I read it because it was so good. Oh, that's good. Did you read Million Little Pieces? No, what's that one? I actually think you'll like that one. It's about drug addiction. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> no, but it's a true story. That's the crazy part. Okay. So, I really enjoyed that. These are just ones from this year. All right. I'm going to read. Wait, I think this guy, James Frey, Million Little Pieces, didn't he? Isn't he famous yeah. for a bunch of stuff? Yeah. He actually wrote a few other books and then there's some like drama about him. Oh, uh, they say that he lied about his book. My, my, uh, yeah. The, apparently he, uh, it's made up. There's debate about that. So it seems like for the most part, a lot of it is not made up. And there's just a few pieces that are. Yeah, I remember this because he went on Oprah years and years ago. And there was this big controversy. Okay, well, so she talked it. shit on him. And then she actually apologized, I believe. Because I got you after you read the book, you're like, is this real or not real? I can't believe it. That's how crazy it is. Yeah. All right. I'm going to read it. This is good. This is the best part. I'm going to read all these things. I mean, I, I, I could, I, I try to walk a lot. So I listen to all these audiobooks. So I'm going to, I'm going to uh, download this one, a million little pieces. I'm going to get the, uh, the guys doing their underwear thing. And I already installed the library extension. Bro, game over. Hold on, this little golden America, do they have an audiobook or is it just paperback? Uh, you can do a paperback or you can, um, there's free PDFs online. Did you see the description of it? It's interesting. There's like no reviews of it. But in the first page, they go, we translated this into Russia and yet no one or into English and yet no one in America knows about this. However, in Russia, everyone reads this book and schools like this is like the kids summer reading for schools. It's like very, very, very popular. Um, Do you see it? Yeah. How did you hear about this? Goodreads recommended it to me when I was reading the In Search of America, uh, the John Steinbeck book. I love that. That was one of the best. Like I, it was like, I got addicted to that. It randomly popped up on things recommended and it had five out of five reviews, five out of five stars on, on go, uh, Goodreads. And it had like 3000 reviews. But when I Googled it, I couldn't find a thing about it. So I was like, this is kind of intriguing. Did you look at it on Goodreads? Uh, I did not look at Goodreads. It's so funny. Goodreads, uh, I saw someone talk about this and I, maybe it was you. It was like the site that hasn't been updated from like 1960, but it's still dope. It's still like, a, there's just like, there's nothing better yet. It's badass. Uh, the guy who started it spoke at HustleCon. His name's Otis Chandler. And his grandpa started the LA Times. And Otis sold to Amazon for like a billion dollars, I think. Either, a, I think it was a billion or a hundred million. But he sold it to him like 10 years ago or something like that. So he just knocked it out the park. Do you ever, you ever blown away by like how much awesome books are out there that we don't even know of? Like this book existed. I never even fucking heard of it. And it's got it under reviews. And I'm like, I did not know that. Yeah, and I've always thought I want to read all this, but then you know I started thinking. One time I I listened to like Thinking Real Rich, 
on audiobook and I mm. loved the narrator and I was like, I want to remember those narrators or the, the audio guy. I want to remember his voice because he's so good. And I looked at what else he had done and he's read like a thousand self-help books. And I'm like, wait a minute. You've read all these and you're still fucking making 50 bucks an hour reading these damn books. What the hell, man? This is not effective. And so after that, I, I almost quit reading business book or self-development books entirely. Yeah, it's just boring. I'd rather read like biographies or like I'm reading this book, this running book right now out of thin air. You the best, right? I just started. It's really interesting. I'm liking, like, I guess, outdoor activity books. So, well, out of thin air, that's not that's a different one. Wait, out of thin air. Oh, you're thinking of um, the one about the guy in Alaska who what's out of thin air? Oh, it's, it's about, about the Kenya. Yeah. This guy like goes and runs with Kenyans. I think yeah, you're thinking what, of Into Thin Air, the John Krakauer one. Which is also awesome. But okay, someone gifted me this Out of Thin Air book, and I wasn't sure if it was that good. Is it amazing? So far, pretty interesting. I mean, the, I'd go read Free Country. That one is like, I didn't want to read it because I didn't want it to be over. All right, I'll read it. All right, I got to rock. This was good. 